Just saying you're battle. It'll uh, make sense when you listen to the episode. Oh well, I'm battle. But for the for the <laughs> recording, I mean, I guess this is be part of the recording. I'm battle. Yeah, no, you'll understand what I was doing when you <laughs> listen back to the episode. Uh, but yeah, this is Bras of Murder. We give you true crime and we give our commentary because we got a lot of opinions. <laughs> yeah, we do have a lot of opinions. So uh, last week, I'm pretty sure you started, right? I did start last week. You can start this week if you'd like. Yeah, so I'll go first this week and uh, let me roll up my sleeves because this one pissed me the fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> I hated it. <laughs> Let me roll up my sleeves. Okay. So it's really about a case of how like DNA evidence has taken us so far, and now we can go back and see just how many like innocent people of color are in prison for horrible crimes they didn't commit. <laughs> so uh this week is gonna be a deep dive into an awful case of child murder. But that child who was murdered was not the only victim because two innocent, mentally disabled black boys got thrown in prison for 31 some odd years for a crime they didn't commit <laughs> it's fucking infuriating so gold star for this episode content warning child is dead yeah <laughs> child is dead yes so in 1983 the body of an 11 year old girl named sabrina was found in a soybean field in red springs north carolina where you're from well you're from north carolina well you live in north carolina i live in north carolina yes i live in north another tidbit about battle a little titty bit lives in north care titty bit yeah lives in north carolina sorry go so the body was found and this little girl died a horrible death her underwear was also shoved down her throat and it was obvious that she was sexually assaulted and the autopsy they found out that she died via suffocation so again a shitty awful prolonged death and obviously this horrified the whole neighborhood and sent everyone on a like frenzy to find a killer before they kill another child so the police obviously went on a hunt and that took them they like heard a rumor from a local high school so they went to go investigate it a girl told them that she heard a rumor so it was like a through the fucking grapevine type shit that a kid named henry mccollum who was a teenager from a different school seemed suspicious and that he probably is the one who killed the kid and the only reason why people thought that he seemed like suspicious in the school is a he was black and two he was mentally disabled so people saw his actions and not understanding you know what his mental disability is thought that he was just acting weird and suspicious with no he's just acting like himself so it 
it also didn't help that the body of this girl was found like it was like a couple several miles away from his mom's home so you know when they, they were doing a grid and expanding and seeing like who can be involved based on like the area and stuff like that so that already didn't wasn't going well in his favor so the police went to his house to his mom said hey we want to talk to your son and henry kindly and voluntarily went with them knowing that i didn't do it so i had nothing i have nothing to be afraid of he went with the police it was late in the evening when they got him to the station and a group of law enforcement office officers brought him into the interrogation room and kept them there until like 12 at night what so for like a prolonged period of time he was sitting in there with him and uh they're like doing a whole different routine the good cop bad cop shit berating him telling him that oh just confess and we'll let you get out of here we're promised like it's fine just give us the facts and he's a and child he's a child with he's, a disability like a, a mental disability he's a teenager with a mental disability and so he's already asking like to go home but they're just you know they keep hounding him and hounding him and hounding him giving him all these false promises and then after like a good four and a half hours later after that he broke and then told the officers everything and that's one thing about the, the transcript you see he told them everything that they were like feeding him like oh so then you did this to her and then he was like yes and then I did that to her like literally just repeating everything that they're pushing onto him and then it boiled down it kept going kept going kept going and then he they told him to throw his brother's name in there and his mom and brother his younger brother who's also mentally disabled are sitting at the police station so once he implemented his brother they just walked up there picked his brother up did the same thing to him and after all these hours of interrogation they not only confessed to the crime but also implemented three other boys what? but those three other boys weren't arrested because the cops somehow managed to figure out that those three boys had no connection to it but these two boys who also didn't have connection to it had some connection to it it's this is a true story yeah 100% true <laughs> i'm just kidding i'm just gonna like this it's so it's so unreal and so uh, i forget the name of the document you have to sign after you give a confession i want to say after david but affidavit is that i don't know that, okay I, I was i wasn't confident about myself <laughs> maybe it's that but they had the boys sign it saying that everything they said was true and the craziest thing is that these boys didn't even know how to read bro so they had no idea what they were signing and like they made it clear to them that they do not know how to read what so the police just said sign that and they're like i can go home right and it was like just sign it and they're like okay <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what i'm signing but i just want to go home and then after signing and asking they asked can we go home and the police said no going to jail so as henry invented the details that you know of the rape he added a whole bunch of characters and they obviously never got called forth or sought out because the police just wanted these two boys leon is his little brother and he was also like i said disabled and he like he didn't his stories that he was getting out of leon were not corroborating what henry was saying because there henry already got fed the real story leon just got roped into it so if you have two people who reportedly did the crime who have completely different stories and are obviously just making shit up as they go along that should be an indicator to everyone that these two are innocent but no even with the two false confessions that they were coerced and that they're conflicting each other a jury Phil found these two boys to be guilty and put them in prison for 31 years and Henry and Leon repeatedly kept pronouncing like their innocence they kept going like every time they go for probation hearings they like talk about how they're innocent no one believed them and in 1991 they because they got sentenced to death they were supposed to get killed in 1991 they got awarded a new trial and again still found guilty but they got to stay the death penalty so they just got life in prison and then a couple years later in 2010 that's when Leon finally reached out to the Innocence Project in North Carolina and yeah right, the, the fucking saviors when it comes to all of it yes right the Innocent Project is so dope yeah and they like swept the fuck in like Superman like reopened all the DNA and were 
able to easily point out that there were fingerprints and DNA at the scene mm -hmm. from one person and it was neither Henry or Leon. So how could these two boys commit a murder where the fingerprints and DNA on the body do not match them at all? And in fact, it was a white guy. <laughs> and if, and, it, and it, the most fucked up thing is that that dude committed a murder a couple weeks later after he killed Sabrina. What? And he got booked off. Yeah, yeah. So, and, and they found out the investigators did know the fingerprints at the scene didn't match. They understood it, compared it. And just a few weeks after Sabrina's killing, another young woman was raped and murdered in uh, Red Springs. Her name was Joanna Brookman. She was 18. Uh, she was raped and asphyxiated in the same exact way. Like this guy had an MO clearly and then left in the field like the soybean field. The MO. So the culprit was a man named Roscoe. Already, I don't trust anyone with one name. <laughs> it's already sketchy as shit. And he, and he had a like a long record of like severely beating up and assaulting women. Like he had a rap sheet. He fit the bill. Uh, he lived next to the field where Sabrina's body was found and investigators never suspected him of her death. Like they didn't even question it. That doesn't make any sense. How does that work? Like you know that the fingerprints and everything don't match these two. So why are you going to shoot? You got tunnel vision and just shoehorned it on these two. Did they do like a forensics, a forensics exam like on any of the evidence that was found? At the time they said they did, but they didn't release it at that time. It only took the innocence process like digging into it and getting everything out to realize that they were like hiding shit from, they were hiding parts of the evidence from the jury. Bitch, they didn't test it. Yeah, but yeah, I'm guessing they just <laughs> like, didn't test it at all. They didn't test it at all. So, uh, <laughs> wow. Yeah, so the Innocence Project, their staff unearthed all this evidence on Sabrina's clothing, clothing, including like her clothes, a beer can, cigarette butts, and a bunch of other just bodily fluids. Right. Uh, again, they found no DNA belonging to Henry or Leon, and the perfect match was Roscoe. And they used all of this, reopened the reopened the case and got these two men released out of prison in 2014 and 2015 the governor actually granted the two boys a full pardon so like completely cleared their names and i'm pretty sure that they're like they either are still suing or still trying to sue for like a significant amount of money which they fucking get but like this is kind of a bittersweet happy ending because with the evidence that lee henry and leon didn't do it the family of sabrina are it was like reopening old wounds for them because for them the chapter was closed and they got the two people who did it and to quote uh her sister it feels like hell it feels like i'm trapped in hell and can't get out because i was wondering if anyone's ever going to forget her now because down to them it's like well fuck <laughs> like the person who did it is that hell responsible and he is in prison but on separate charges not connecting to sabrina or the other girl so they're trying to get this case put against him now and reopen but it's like it's a lot of hoops to go through i wonder if they're the family forgave forgave them like i was looking into that and they because this the, the comment they got from abc is where i put that comment from was that and the same year they got out and they didn't talk about henry or leon at all they just talked about how it sucks that you know their daughter yeah it was it was questionable would try to reach out and apologize because i'm sure like they probably exchanged some nasty words or oh definitely bro like i get it that sucks sorry that that happened but it wasn't us like you can apologize to me i want i all wanted a sincere apology <laughs> dang dude that's crazy uh, i'm glad that they how how long did they ultimately like stay in prison 31 years 31 no that's right you said that that's a long time dude yeah and uh it, false confessions i feel as though are a tool that police like have in their back pocket and they just like dig out whenever they fucking need it uh because it's a lot more common do you think i looked it up and according to the national registry of exonerees exonerations 27 percent of people in the registry who were accused of homicide gave false confessions and 81 percent of the people who gave those false confessions were people who were mentally ill or had an intellectual disability so 
a good portion of the people who give false confessions are people who are can be manipulated easier or convinced into saying certain shit. And I feel like a professional investigator would understand that. And they will all be they will either do the right thing and like get a mediator or someone to help make sure this person understands everything that's happening, or they can do the typical wrong thing and take advantage of it. Like, and I remember and I remember when I covered Ford Heights Ford case, they made a woman who uh, who couldn't read or write, they made her confess to seeing a crime and not only used like the long periods of time and isolation, they also drugged her. They gave her drugs <laughs> to make her confess to something that she didn't even witness. And it's it, the fact that that's a big thing in investigation and homicides and eventually, obviously in true crime, it's sketchy because it makes you now want to just double check. All right, well, did that person really commit the murder or were they forced into fucking saying that? Because now the real murder is still out here. Dude, I just can't imagine that kind of stuff. Like, yeah, that just it's sucks. Sketchy. That yeah, that's my that's my rant <laughs> I, I i like i just think that that's so like i can't i can't fathom like how that could happen or how people like get like false imprisonment or on false pretenses and it's so unfortunate dude like that sucks especially that you know you're literally losing your whole life yeah something that you didn't even do right but that was a good one that's sad i Mine is like very similar to yours. Um, but first, I would just like to say like thanks, or thanks, and like let me be a part of this. Like I'm really happy to like be back for my third episode, and hey, hey, hey. everyone happy with like the progress, and I'm excited to continue with you. So, but yeah, so my case today, it's not of a murder, but like yours, it's of injustice and being wrongfully accused of a crime that but what a coincidence <laughs> wasn't committed by it. Yeah, I like yeah, we didn't work together on this one. Yeah. Oh, well, we didn't synchronize this though. We both did our own thing. <laughs> yeah, we know. It was like, it just happened. Um, But yeah, so let's jump into it. So the spring of 1980, Malcolm Alexander, a black man, had sex with a white woman. But it wasn't just sex. It was consensual. So I think they both found each other attractive. I think. I don't know. So they both agreed to, as Austin Powers would say, hop on the good foot and do the bad thing. Oh, my God. But yeah. Yeah, that's what they agreed to doing to do. But the thing is, is that after the encounter, it was unclear if it was after or before the encounter. She asked for money, which I'm not sure who the woman was because they never said the name. I'm not sure if she was like a prostitute or something or if she was just more freelance, maybe a woman. Yeah. But needless to say, later she had uh, Malcolm of sexual assault. Oh, no. Yes. But the thing is, the charges they were, the charges against him were eventually just dropped and they were dropped because there was no evidence that the entire event, there wasn't evidence of the event. Okay. Like happening or that that she was raped. There, There just wasn't any evidence. So I'm sure like you're wondering like, okay, if there's no evidence or if all the charges are dropped, why are you, why are you talking about this other woman? I was wondering that exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I'm talking about it because this is where the case gets really shitty. And the reason that it's shitty is because four months prior to Malcolm's encounter with this woman that he paid money for, um, another white woman who was the owner of an antique store was raped inside her store and she was raped from behind. Oh no. With, or raped from behind by a black man um and that was four months before he had that encounter with that other woman and i I just want to say like a side note i think it's super unfortunate that that happened to her like this woman was raped i think or i i hate it when people get sexually assaulted and i i hate that more often than not especially pre the me too movement yeah victims what's the easiest choice you can make window instead of middle seat picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket outsourcing business tasks you hate 
What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try weren't taken seriously and victims are still not taken seriously or survivors are still not taken seriously. Um, I think that's something we need to work on as a society, but that's not what we're here to talk today completely. Um, but so we can go back to the case, like where does Malcolm Alexander come in? Remember his run-in with his encounter that I talked about earlier? Yes. With that other woman? So the police department, that same police department, <laughs> I'm pointing the finger because like that's that same police department that dropped his case decided to put his image into a group of other sexual offenders. Uh, so four months after the antique store and after the antique store owner was raped, they called her back into the station and showed her a bunch of pictures of suspects. And unfortunately for Malcolm, this was like the nearly three decades. This was the beginning of the nearly three decades lost of his life. Everything that he was going to or he could have potentially experienced. So when she was shown different pictures, she pulled his picture out and put it aside as a potential subject or a potential subject. Um, but she still had her apprehensions about him. She actually labeled him as a tentative um, suspect. So she wasn't sure. But yeah, it was like a four months is a kind of a long period of time to remember. Like It was traumatic, too. So right. And that gets to my next point, like trying to recall something that happened almost a half a year ago, six months ago is difficult by itself. Now try adding in like possible references or different pictures and stuff like that and trying to recall that that definitely misguides people or like poisons their mind to use something that could have not happened and gives them false events and like that's definitely and also your your your, you know, your brain is like fills in certain spots of your memory with its context that make it right and and the, the thing is that sucks too is that she was shown like different stacks of photos but in all the stacks of photos his picture was in each one. Oh my god and that could confuse anyone and that would because now because now you can't seeing his face he's gonna get more imprinted in your head yes that that's exactly it and especially since she went through a traumatic experience that probably helps solidify what happened or that that it was him that was malcolm when it wasn't him um a crazy thing is another like really messed up thing about that about this case is that again he was the only suspect that was shown multiple times in different in different groups of pictures he was the only one that had his picture in there multiple times so it's like they're trying trying to build a case against him. I guess that's what goes on and it's in uh L- Louisiana. That's where it was ha- where it happened. Oh, I'm not surprised. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so much stuff happens in Louisiana. So, during the like the live lineup, it was days after the victim or the survivor she already looked at a shit ton of photos where Malcolm was shown so many times. He was again, I want to repeat cuz I just want to make that clear like he was shown multiple times and he was labeled as a tentative um subject and after after three hours of like looking at pictures or looking or three hours after the actual lineup viewing, the detective came back and said the store owner was
was 98% sure that Malcolm was the rapist. Well, of course she would be. She's like, and my surprise. That's all she would see. She kept seeing him. Yeah. Um, he was ultimately arrested and charged with aggravated rape in November 5th, 1980. And the really messed up part is that his trial was only one day. It, bro, it was only 87 pages worth of like transcripts. Um, and it was just one day to find him guilty. But not only was it just one day for that whole trial, but that includes like the jury and the jury's announcement um, that he was guilty. Like that all happened in a day. Like everything. Like, And I also wouldn't necessarily blame the jury. Like, I'm pretty sure, you know, Louisiana, you're going to have some people coming in there with some prejudices and whatnot. But if you got someone who's saying that they're 100% sure that this person was the assailant, you're going to lean towards listening to them because they would, you would hope that they not, they aren't misled. But unfortunately, she was misled. Bro, she was misled. Another thing that sucks about like his case is that his lawyer, his name is Joseph Tosh, he was stupid. Like he didn't do anything to defend him. Like I get it. It was in the 80s. So it was probably still pretty racist. I mean, I think it's still pretty racist now, but whatever. But Tosh, he didn't do any cross examinations during the trial, nor did he do any questioning during the uh, trial. He just sat there and just let it happen. Um, And that's the crazy thing is that's not the first time that Joseph Tosh did something like he was an attorney that would constantly get money from like his clients, but not really represent them. And he was eventually uh, disbarred in 1999. Oh, congratulations, asshole. (laughs) Bro, he was a bitch though, because he never returned any money that he got from anyone. He's like, well, a job, a job well done. But yeah, this season at Better Call Saul sucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh god, dude, that dude was a douchebag, or he seems like a douchebag. Uh, so Malcolm, he was found guilty, and you want to know that that you want to know something that might piss you off, but piss me off. I'm always ready to get pissed off. Yo, there was a rape kit and a towel that had both semen and pubes, three pubes on it from the crime scene, and guess what? They did not test it. They did no forensic testing when tests were available then. <laughs> They just set it and forget it. Bro, set it and forget it. Like, dead ass. They did not test. They- okay, because they already they already had, like, tunnel vision and wanted to pin this case on this one singular person. So they're just going to do whatever they can to make it so. They're just like, all right, sorry. But big reason why I think the trial was really quick was because the prosecutor didn't um correct the detective that did the lineup during his testimony because the victim, she said that he was a tentative, um, he was a tentative suspect and they never corrected that and they never mentioned that during the trial um they also they also didn't correct her and they didn't make her say that he was a tentative like subject so i think that was another reason why he was convicted because that was admitted in court so yeah that makes sense um but ultimately you want to know the verdict his verdict was life in prison without parole yo there are people that and comp- and comp- yeah go, go ahead <laughs> there, there, there are people like brock turner that like spent how straight- long we've we been in quarantine longer than he was in fucking prison right yo that got away with like raping someone and did a few months like three months that he did um, yeah. for raping someone where Malcolm, a black man who was 19 years old at the time, got life in prison without parole. Um, that sucks. He lost a lot of and his if life. We're gonna, if, if we're going to charge someone with rape and give them like a harsh, you know, make it across the board. Don't just, you know, have it. No, no. If you're going to, if you're going to give a heavy charge for rape, make it across the fucking board. Right, dude? It, it was shitty. It sucked. But needless to say, like Malcolm, he was a fighter. And in 1996, he reached out to the Innocent Project and that. <laughs> they re- he reached out to him to help him with this case and they tried to do whatever they could um 
but unfortunately they weren't able to help much because when they reached out to the, the, the police department that had the evidence they said that it was unfortunate a lot of evidence was unavoidably destroyed in 1984 and it was and I quote from the clerk that was at the thing they said that it was due to a human error so they so were someone able, destroying it someone destroyed a bunch That's of the evidence, human error <laughs> pretty much yeah. someone destroyed a bunch of a bunch of like evidence um, they couldn't help but Alexander Malcolm Alexander he didn't give up and in 2004 the state of Louisiana they put in a law for a post-conviction DNA testing law and you better believe brother like he went in motion to get that rape kit um, and evidence tested but not only did he motion for that he also filed a habeas a habeas uh, corpus which is um, a writ requiring a person under arrest to be brought before a judge or into a court especially to secure to secure a person's release from useless or to secure a person's release unless lawful grounds are shown for their detention so essentially he did a motion to be released under false pretenses that he wasn't guilty um, or wrongfully convicted so nearly 10 years later in 2013 Malcolm was rewarded when Jefferson Paris when the Jefferson Paris Sheriff's Department uh, crime laboratory discovered the pubes they found the three pubes the pubes were <laughs> they were recovered and and two years later in 2015 the innocent the innocent project and the prosecution was like fuck it let's test them let's test the pubes and another year later in 2016 they finally tested the pubes and they belong they 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 saw and they came to the conclusion that they belong to the same same person but that person was not Malcolm. so after a year a year after the test the innocent project partnered up with the innocent um innocent project of new orleans new orleans nola they joined together <laughs> uh seeking a motion to vacate uh malcolm's conviction another year later january 30th 2018 my dude got his charges dismissed he's a Why free man yeah dude god damn how long was he in prison he was he is now a free man he is in it he's an innocent man who and he spent 38 years behind bars for a crime that he did not commit cut him a check bro a nice thing was that you know he was awaited by his son his grandson his sister and his mom and his mom was still alive which oh, is really awesome. nice um and he always maintained his innocence because he was always innocent you know yeah um this one was like a tough one too for me to like read about because it just it's frustrating and, yeah my heart like ached and it like wept while reading about him like there's so many times that like i wanted to like cry because again this could have happened to someone that someone that looks like us or you know you or i i didn't even do shit yeah I didn't right do shit. <laughs> yeah just because we got that beautiful melanin doesn't mean like we're now all, like, sitting in prison <laughs> right bro as of t- uh, May of 2019, he motioned to be compensated for his time spent behind bars. I bet the fuck he did. <laughs> it's good that he did that and he's gonna he's getting something, but the maximum that he's able to be paid out in New- uh, Louisiana is $250,000 over 10 years. Those fucking bitches. Yeah. Um, I, I want to say, though, he got to marry his middle school sweetheart. I, th- I thought that was pretty cool. Like, he married his middle school sweetheart. Oh, after that's he got adorable. Out. Yeah. They have a, a really cute picture um, together. It was, it's really nice. He's happy. It, it looks like they're happy. Drive. I know. I will do that. Um, but last thing I want to say is that, you know, I'll keep promoting that we need to watch out for each other um, because at the end of the day, all we have is each other, regardless of what we look like. But I also want to say that, like, all lives matter when black lives matter. And that's something that I'll probably continue to say. Preach it. Preach so, it. yeah. And that's my story for today. Not story. That was yes. my that was my crime for today. That was real. That happened. <laughs> that happened. No, yeah. These are real. This is a fiction. If it was, it'd be some goddamn good. <laughs> so, I mean, so be you 
usually was in with a dumb crime, but we're not going to because we're uh, getting on a new streaming platform called Givoki. We'll, we'll be live streaming starting not this Thursday, the next Thursday, every Thursday at on Givoki.com. That's G-E-T-V-O-K-L.com. Every Thursday at 10 o'clock, you'll see us. We'll be talking about true crime, like weird shit and dumb shit in the news. Uh, and we're going to read some really bad creepypastas. <laughs> I love creepypastas. <laughs> And then it's super interactive, so you can come hang out with us, chat with us, because we'll also play like weird games and story times, and we'll love to hear from you. So yeah, yeah. and it, that'll be announced like as it's coming out, so no need. You'll see it on like the Facebook and Twitter and stuff like that too. But that's all I have to plug. Yeah. If you you got anything? I don't. I, I'm, again, I'm super happy to do this. I'm super excited about our Thursday thing that's coming up. Our Thursday oh, thing. Fun as shit. Yeah, I know. We could role play through the um, creepy pasta. I am an actor. <laughs> By that I mean. I played Donkey in uh, the Shrek musical in high school. Did you really? <laughs> I did. I was the best fucking Donkey. You see, I'm charismatic as shit. I loved it. Bro, I uh, I uh, play characters at my house when no one's looking. Or I guess in front of Melinda. <laughs> Okay, and that's something. Yeah, no, we all have, we all got hobbies. Yeah, and on, and on that note, <laughs> yeah. Oh, this is us signing off. See ya. Peace. Thanks for watching or listening. Watching and listening. listening. Yeah, you'll see. Yeah, we'll whatever see. medium. Oh, enjoy the music too. The new music. <laughs> hey, I got a confession. Been losing all momentum. Cause it's easy But that don't make it better Tied up, just bike over there. Oh.